We continue this series on the New Church Vision Statement. Now, in Morning Blend, I asked them to recite this with me, and they did very well. So let's see here. Ready? We are a community of servants called by God's reconciling grace to open doors of sanctuary, to create new avenues of ministry, to equip Christians for discipleship, and to lead in reconciling ministries. Okay, pretty good. You've got two more weeks to nail this down, so go home and practice it this afternoon. Certainly it will be better than spending your time on the Browns. Okay. Um, To create new avenues of ministry, there is an appeal in a new avenue, a new way. It implies access, uh, release, uh, getting somewhere. I, I was driving downtown on 3rd on Street, south on 3rd Street at 5 o'clock, and you know, I hit the overpass there, and 3rd and Street became a parking lot Thursday night, as it always does at that time. You know, and it's interesting to be parked there in the middle of the street, watching cars trying to find a way through the five lanes to get, to get through the impasse and the blockage. Um, next Sunday, if you try to come to church, and I know you will try to come to church, you will be so excited when you find a new avenue, a new way around the marathon or through the marathon. I can get to King Avenue Church. Uh, you know, the new avenues and new ways uh, give us hope. They give us possibility. They give us promise. You know, uh, I remember in the old days, before 670 was built, and we lived on 16th Avenue in the university area, uh, it, it seemed to take a half hour to get from our house to the airport because you had to take all those surface roads. Uh, now, man, it, it, sometimes it's, uh, it's five minutes. You can get to the airport. The new avenue is great. And another thing about avenues is that avenues tend to be two ways. Not only can you get to Gehenna, Gehenna can get to you. Uh, so, it, it, you know, there's, there's a coming and going, and there's, there's an exchange, and, and, and there's, a, there's a unity that's created uh, by avenues. Avenues uh, can be messy. Uh, um, you know, they're costly to, to build new avenues, to widen avenues, to straighten them, uh, to level them. We've all experienced the orange barrels all over Columbus. We've all experienced the frustration of, of blockages and detours. You know. And in the end, though, a new avenue is a wonderful thing. New avenues um, change neighborhoods. I think of how... Um, Again, when, I first, when we first moved to Columbus uh, in the early 80s, everything north of 270 was farmland. I remember Josephinum just stuck out because there was nothing north of 270. And now you think of how everything's expanded up 23 and Powell and Lewis Center uh, that were, were small villages now are just big and booming, you know. Uh, barely one high school, and now they have several. You know, it's just, it's just 
new avenues change neighborhoods and change people. It isn't a one-way thing. It's a, it's a two-way thing. Friday night, Susan said to me, um, Milo Grogan at the, the community center at Milo Grogan is having a chicken wing cook-off and ribs barbecue tomorrow afternoon. Do you want to go? Susan, uh, because of her jobs with landmarks and her work with the University Area Commission, knows the neighborhoods of Columbus very well and knows neighborhood leaders very well. Whenever we go to these things, I am Mr. Susan Keeney. Um, and so I said, sure, let's, let's go to Milo Grogan uh, for, the, for the barbecue uh, Saturday. Now, if you live in this neighborhood on a game day, you do not drive anywhere. You do not give up your parking place on the street because you won't get it back till midnight. And so we walked to Milo Grogan. We walked straight out East 2nd Avenue for two and a half miles from our house. We walked under 71. It might have been under 670. We walked under several overpasses. We walked through neighborhoods that were abandoned lots. We walked uh, through neighborhoods where there were no sidewalks, or abandoned houses. We walked through very nice houses. And we got to Milo Grogan. And, um, and it happened, as always it does. There's Susan. Hi, Susan. Well, let me introduce you to my husband, John. John, this is Muriel. John, this is, this is Robert. John, this is, this is Gerald. Well, nice to meet you. And there was an exchange, and I'd, I'd never, you know, it's, it's East 2nd and um, past Cleveland Avenue. And never been there. And people would say, oh, Susan, uh, do you have your card? We'd like to get in touch with you. And Susan, oh, I forgot my business card. John, give him yours. Give him your business card. And then I'd give him my card, and Susan would say, well, just get in touch with my husband, and he'll get in touch with you, me, and I'll get in touch with you. And then they'd say, oh, you're a minister. I often hate that, you know. You're a minister. And they said, well, let me introduce you to my minister. So I ended up meeting a lot of ministers from, from, from the east side. And, and I thought, you know, we took 2nd Avenue out thinking it would just be us going there. But it ended up where invitations were exchanged you know, why don't you come to my church? I'll come to your church. Why don't you come to my church? And so there were invitations of, of, of lunches and, and, and get-togethers and meeting at churches and, and maybe congregations seeing each other. And I thought, this new avenue that we took changed me in a way. And I, and I see Columbus differently for that two-and-a-half-mile walk. When Isaiah says to the Israelites, God is creating a new way for you, he's talking to a people who are hopeless. He's talking to a people who feel trapped and imprisoned. Babylon has wiped out Jerusalem, has leveled the temple. 
They've been taken in captivity to, to Babylon, and they just don't have any hope of any new life. There's no promise. There's no future. There's no avenue out. There is no way out. And Isaiah says, God is going to create an avenue. God's going to create a way for you. Cheer up. There's hope. There's a future. The avenue will go through the wilderness. It will go through the desert. And you will go home. It's a good thing. Isaiah talks about this avenue by saying, remember, this has happened to you before. You were hopeless. You were trapped. You were slaves. But do you remember that God made a way from Egypt? God made a way through the Red Sea. God made a way through the wilderness. God can outdo God. Remember what God can do, but look toward the future because God can do new things and create new avenues. So have hope. Believe in the promise. God still acts. God still brings light to the darkness. God still can be trusted. This new avenue is a wonderful thing to offer people because that's what we're looking for. This Acts reading where Peter has the vision of the food being lowered on the sheet, is about God creating a new avenue. God is creating a new avenue to the Gentiles, the outsiders, the people who don't count, the people who are barely human. God is creating a new avenue for them. God's love is going to them. God's forgiveness is going to them. God's salvation is going to them. And Peter says, no, that isn't how it's supposed to work. There isn't supposed to be an avenue. We're not supposed to build a road to them. They're not supposed to be coming to us, and we're not supposed to be eating with them. And three times, Three times Peter says, no, no, no. This isn't how I learned it. It's not how we've always done it. It's not how it should be. This is not how my mother taught me. No. I'm not going to change. I don't believe in this new avenue, this new way of reaching new people. Then he realizes when he actually takes the avenue to the new people. That this is a God thing. That God has always created new avenues. And he says, I realized, who am I to hinder God? Who am I to block God? If God wants to make a new avenue, I'm going to follow that new way. It's hard to change how we do things. I mean, 
My mother taught me how to fold t-shirts and how to fold sheets. And I know after 40 years of marriage, Susan does it wrong. (laughs) You know? And I still, when she folds t-shirts and sheets, after she leaves the room, I'll redo it and do it the right way. You know, it is hard to learn new ways and new avenues. And God says, I'm building a new road so that you can go to them and they can come to you and we'll reach a point where there is no them and you, there's just we. That's what the avenue will do. We know that one-way roads are nice, but two-way roads can change us. And I think the early church understood that letting them in, even the Gentiles, as it says in the text, will change the church. It will change what they eat, with whom they eat, some of their religious practices, some of their religious rituals. They know that. That's why they don't want to take the new road. The new road is costly. This is a text that is often used to explain to people why reconciling churches welcome LGBTQ persons in the church. That God is building a road and has built a new road, a new avenue to LGBTQ persons so that the church can go to them and they can come to the church and it will reach a point where there is no we and them, it's just we. The line is wiped out by the new road where there's coming and going. And there's a price to be paid and there's a cost for when they come to the church Will we ordain them? Will we marry them? Will we let them chair committees? Who are we to hinder God? The road goes both ways, and eventually there's no line between the people traveling the road. When I think about that road being traveled by our church 15 years ago where people wanted to cut a new avenue that would take the church into the LGBTQ community and bring that community into the church and there would be no dividing line. Lots of people played a significant role in that. And um, Bishop Judith Craig, who's here today, played an amazing role in that and made that avenue possible, who basically said, who am I to hinder God? Thank you, Bishop Craig.
And I hope after church you all descend on her and say thank you. (laughs) We are to create new avenues of ministry. I've given one example of a new avenue of ministry that is in our past. And Isaiah says, remember the past and how God has created avenues and realize that God can do it again. The Huggins Fund is a new avenue. It creates new avenues of ministry. The um, Changing the Conversation Fund has created new avenues of ministry where speakers will come in that we might not fully agree with, but will expand the conversation. Our Becoming a Reconciling Church is a new avenue. Our beginning Stone Village Church, an Italian village, was a new avenue to reach more people with God's love and God's forgiveness and God's mercy. Changing the sanctuary, the chancel project, was a new avenue to make theater and and organ music more accessible to others and bring people into the church. When we think of new avenues of ministry, we want to look forward to the future, to the hope that we can offer, the promise that we can offer, the possibility that we can offer. One person this week said, wouldn't it be great, given how uncivil our society is, that King Avenue could be an avenue and a center for civil discourse that people could come here and there could be a going and coming of civil discourse, not of accusation, not of shouting down, but civil discourse. We were talking in Lit Club that seems to read a lot of books about avenues, really. We've read books on eviction and and we've read books on, on immigration and on racism and on the opioid epidemic. And it always ends our discussion by saying, What can our church be doing for the homeless? What can our church be doing for racism? What can our church be doing for immigration? What can our church be doing for the drug crisis? You know, new avenues of ministry that are a possibility. We talked in Disciple 2 this week about could our building become a better avenue for ministry? Lots of groups use our building. But during the day, it's pretty empty. And from 12 to 7 in the morning. It's empty. Would it be possible for us to become a sanctuary church? Would it be possible for us to um, have some homeless families? Would it be possible for us to become a day day site in the the winter for homeless persons? Um, One person, a disciple, said, you know, that would cost money. And I, yeah, it would cost money. And the stewardship drive is coming up. Um, sometimes new avenues cost in changing us and it costs in money but God wants to make new avenues we think of is it possible that St. Luke's is a new avenue for us a new avenue into Grandview to spread our message of reconciliation to reach families to reach young adults uh, to reach community services to, to, to work 
with the mentally disabled? You know, is is St. Luke's an avenue? Somebody came up to me after the sermon and said, boy, that was a nice sermon on issues you gave. And I thought, it really isn't a sermon on issues. I I think when we think of these new avenues as issues, we're not going to get very far. Um, Issues don't motivate us and warm our hearts. Um, People motivate us and warm our hearts. Jesus didn't preach on issues. Jesus preached with people. Jesus would go to a person and look on that person and love them and let that person dictate the ministry and the avenue. He might feed a hungry person out of love and feeding that person would open avenues of more help and greater help and more involved help. He might visit someone or forgive someone out of love and that avenue would be opened and expanded and broadened. I don't think we're called upon to respond to issues. I think we're called upon to respond in love to people and let them tell us where the avenue goes. Avenues are about hope, they're about possibility, they're about promise, they're about future. People are looking for avenues. And our mission as a community of servants called by God's reconciling grace is to create new avenues that go to people and bring people into us so that we all will be one. May it be so. Amen.